welcome to Four Guys in a Comic. Here are your hosts, the four guys entrusted with protecting the Earthrealm, Red, Rusty, Tap, and Nova. Welcome all you nerds out there to Four Guys in a Comic. Well, what what is a nerd? Well, defined as Webster Dictionary, a nerd is a socially inept person who's in pursuit of knowledge. Well, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of Rob Liefeld and his ineptability to draw feet. But before I put my foot in any longer, let me go ahead and introduce the three amigos that I got going on here. Uh, currently missing, going AWOL is uh, Rusty, our uh, cosmic collector. Collector of everything cosmic, including cosmic bowling. But he must be out there throwing a few balls because we cannot reach him. But we also have Tap, the man who can single-handedly tap a keg of beer while leaping a building in a single bound. Well, speaking of Superman and the fact that oh. Superman is Canadian, we have our favorite Canadian. The Canadian has been rated right between Anne Murray and Justin Bieber as America's top Canadians. We have Nova. And nerds, how's it going today? You're Pretty in, good. You're in there with Justin Bieber. Yeah, I'm in the how bottom does, bottom of feel? the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Red. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I well, you, you, I got Anne Murray in there too. You know, I, who doesn't love little Anne Murray? Come on. There's there's better Canadian exports such as Howie Mandel. I love Howie Mandel. If you watch his earlier comedy and like in the eighties, yeah. oh, he's hilarious. Oh, you got um, was it Avril Lavigne? Oh, ooh. Oh yeah, Avril Lavigne. That, Who else? Uh. Brian Adams. Come on, Canadian. Come on, Brian no, you are Canadian. The Canadian government has apologized for Brian Adams on several occasions. <laughs> I mean, there's like, you know, you got like your Jim Carrey's and. Oh, yeah, like, Jim Carrey. Oh, William right. Shatner. Is he Canadian? That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mike Myers is Canadian. Yeah, Mike, yeah, Myers, Mike Myers is Canadian. Yeah. Classic Canadian. But yeah, there's I mean, some, there's some good that's ones a, out there. Uh, I, I basically. Red basically said I'm in between the, the top and the bottom. <laughs> so you're right in the middle? Is that what that means? You're right in the middle? Of, of yeah. the American love? Sweet spot. Canadian sandwich? Yeah. But anyway, uh, I think yes. that love that love may increase sometime in the future. Oh, the it, rumor, will, it will. The rumors are true. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of lots of famous people and celebrities and stuff like that, you know, let's talk a little bit about... You know, 2016, you know, the years come to an end. And we've had so many Comic Cons throughout this year. And what did, I'm just want, thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about the highlights of 2016. We can maybe move into our expectations for 2017. What are some of the notable things that you guys have picked up from this last year from the cons? Oh, from cons? Oh. Yeah. Lots of great guests on this podcast. That is true. Yes, we, we made, have. We, we networked. <laughs> That's what we did. We networked um, a lot, so that that happened. That that is true. Yeah. We did did a lot of networking. Got a lot of great people on here. Yeah. Chris Claremont, uh, Jesus, so many people. I, 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 I'm having a He's brain part a of blank. Colin yes. Bunn, Daniel Leister. We're going to have more. We're going to have Ash Maxo and Ashley Whittier from uh, Squarriors. We're going to have a lot of fun, fun, fun people. Oh, wait. B. Bob Claymore. McLeod, oh, my B. God. Claymore. Oh, God. Was that awesome? Yep. We've yep. had a yep. lot of really awesome guests. One of these days, mm-hmm. DMC will be on here. Yep. yep. Ming, we've had Ming <laughs> Chen, Jake the mm-hmm. Snake Roberts. Uh, yeah, tons and tons and tons of people. And cool. Yes, it's amazing. Who knows what uh, 2017 is going to bring us? You know, 
I, I expect great things. You know, some of the things that you know, looking back to the cons throughout this year, um, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting was that uh, uh, the San Diego Comic Con during the uh, was that TV show Supernatural, I think it was. They had a panel for the TV show, and right in the middle of the panel, during the conversation, um, they hand this guy a mic, and he gets on his knees and proposes. Right during the middle of the uh, the panel, and you know he's like, "I will fight zombies and paranoia activity and all this other stuff, you know, for you. Will you marry me?" You know, it was it was a pretty cool thing to do at the con, you know, right you know in the middle of a panel like that. That's kind of a, a cool little thing. That is pretty cool, but I'm a big supernatural fan. And if uh-huh. I would have been at that panel, I would have been like, you son of a bitch. Like, you're taking up <laughs> precious panel time. <laughs> but what is cool, though, but, you know, then the, the cast, they all congratulated them. Yeah, no, that is, that is pretty cool. No, that was cool. That was really cool. I thought it was a nice little touch. Um, one of the other things was this, I, for life of me, I cannot remember the guy. So he, he travels the circuit and goes to different cons. And what he does is he kind of dresses up kind of like an important-ish type of person. And he has his sidekick with him, a guy who's in a business suit. You know, he's got the, the official badge and everything. He's, and the guy, the guy in the business suit will walk around and say, okay, we have such and such um, wanting to talk to you. He loves your cosplay outfit. Um, will you mind waiting here? We're going to get him over here and try to talk to him. I mean, have you ever talked to a celebrity before? Um, he is a pretty bit busy guy, and he's got a lot of stuff going on. So you may have to wait here for an hour. Do you mind waiting here? For an hour, <laughs> you know, you're going around to asking people basically miss the con and wait. <laughs> and some of the reactions from people is like, "Really, I get to meet? Oh yeah, I'll wait, I'll wait." And other people are like, "Um, no, I got a con to go to." <laughs> yeah, an hour is not bad when you consider how long people are waiting around for freaking panels and stuff, and like they're mm-hmm. missing a. It was ridiculous. I was, like, watching people, and they just sat for, like, six hours waiting to get into a panel, and they're missing the entire con because you just spent six hours Mm -hmm. waiting to get into a panel. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care who the panel's with. I mean, some of them were Stan Lee. I get that. But at the same time, you're missing six hours of a con because you're just Mm -hmm. sitting in a hall somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, that's not worth it. I mean, some people, so be it. But for me, that's eh, not worth it. Yeah, speaking of panels, Stan Lee, you know, uh, at the uh, 2016 Tokyo Con this year, Stan Lee um, was there to represent. And it, it was kind of funny watching everything, you know, in the in the video. You know, they're all you know talking Japanese. And you go, see, Stan didn't understand a single word. And they have him on this big teleprompter. And all he was like, looking around behind himself and all you could see is his back and he just like wanted to look at himself on this teleprompter not really understanding what anything is going on puts out this cheap generic you know thank you this is stan lee blah, 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 and that was it i was like okay stan <laughs> well he had no idea what was going on no he didn't i know i'll give him that much but it, it was a funny little video to watch of him at the con this year it was it was interesting and, but cosplay, God, we know cosplay is huge at cons. You guys do any cosplay? No. Nope. No. no. Not, no. not my okay. thing. Like, m- my kids do, and they went and stuff, uh-huh. and, like, they have fun with it. And, and But me personally, mm-mm. Now, I enjoy the cosplay. I'll do the Red Skull thing. But I like to see what other people are wearing, what's, you know, what they do, and how they put it together and stuff. I just find it pretty cool. And I enjoy watching the cosplay uh, videos that come out. 
and I, it was in the New York Comic Con, I believe it was. I probably one of the best cosplays that I saw for 2016. Have this guy. How do I how do I describe it? He's dressed up as Thor slash Ronald McDonald. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yellow hair and the Thor outfit. You know, like how Thor has the big circular uh, uh, disc on his on the front of him. Yeah. Well. On the disc, they all have the McDonald's M on it, and his whole outfit is like this red and yellow motif like Ronald McDonald's. I thought it was clever. Never saw anything like that, and it was just amazingly well well put together and presented. That is pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was. Now, um, I, didn't, I didn't do much conning, but based on when you guys went, what's the most like common cosplay character? Is there one that sort of you're like, oh, my God, another... Yeah. Captain America for me. Yeah, I would say Captain America or Batman. Like, everywhere mm-hmm, you went, okay. there was freaking Batman. Probably where I was at, yeah. I would probably say more Batman than anything. Um, there was tons and tons and tons of people walking around in Batman stuff, and then Captain America, yeah. followed by Deadpool, because now Deadpool's freaking a god in, in the eyes of these people. Mm-hmm. So, you had Deadpool. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man was always Spider-Man. I can guarantee you next year you're going to have a crap ton of Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of Harley this year. An amazing amount of Harley. I didn't see very... I saw some, but not a lot. But I'll bet next year Mm -hmm. it's like double the amount. Yeah. But I'd say probably number one for me when I go to the cons is Captain America. And because I go in the Red Skull persona, um, I get uh, so many people wanting to take pictures with me. And, of course, I always do the, you know, the, the standard pose where I'm getting beaten up or something like that and have fun have, with it. Have any of them just sort of straight up, like, they're so into the role, they just, like, throw their shield <laughs> at you or, like, assault you? <laughs> I actually, I had one guy, and his costume was spot on. You can tell he put some seriously time, effort, and money into it. And this guy was like tackling me to the ground just to have a, a the perfect. Puts you picture. in a chokehold. <laughs> yes, yes. And I told the guy, I was like, here is here is a four guys um, business card. Please send that photo to our Facebook." He's like, "Yeah, not a problem, man. I'll do that." Of course, he never did. You know, I must have at the just at the Tidewater Con, I probably had at least three or four hundred pictures taken, and only a few people, those of you out there listening, hint, hint, um, posted them to Facebook. It's like, come on, guys, let me see some of those photos. Yeah. Oh. But uh, one other cosplay that really sticks out my brain, obviously, is one gal at uh, New York Con, and I know the video went crazy on YouTube, but uh, she was dressed up as Vampirilla, and she had, you know, you know how she had this, like, basically the the yeah. red crisscross. That's, I'm telling you, that's all she wore. She, and she was talking about, yeah, I've got, I've got duct tape holding this together on the breasts. And you know, she's wearing the the thong and everything else. And it's like, she had the the physique and the costume down perfect. It looked like she could be on the big screen right now. Wow. Yeah. I wish I was that confident with my body. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, come on, come on. But hey, guys, it looks like we have Rusty joining us. He's back hey. from his cosmic bowling trip. Yeah. How's how to knock a few pins down? Yeah, you know. Yep. Actually, I, had to, I, was, I had to knock some heads. There. You know, I was thinking of you today, Rusty. Oh I yeah. Was in a, yes, I was in Walmart and I was looking through the uh, adult coloring book area stuff, and uh-huh. my son was showing me the Star Wars ones, and I happened to see right next to it a Marvel book that was Hill, uh, villains versus uh, heroes. 
And I'm flipping through it, and there was a, a decent Red Skull one in there, but there was a whole bunch of Thanos uh, stuff in there that you can color. I was like, oh, Rusty would love this. That'd be pretty fun. It would. So for those of you out there who like the adult coloring books wanting to color some Marvel, hit, hit Walmart. <laughs> they have an Infinity Gauntlet in it? Yeah, there was. Oh, that's cool, then. There you go. Speaking of Infinity Gauntlet, Rusty, have you read um, Hickman's run on Fantastic Four? No, I have not. Okay, so I just started reading it not too long ago um, because I I needed, like, fun. I needed, like, a fun comic to read because everything I've been reading is very dark. Um, And in this run, he has uh, Mr. Fantastic. There's, like... Miss Fantastic from all the different uh, Earths and all the different universes oh, and yeah, stuff, right? Cool. All of them got Infinity Gauntlets. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit. Yeah. It was awesome. It's a, it's a really fun read, but it's also it's like lighthearted because it has like the kids, you know, Franklin and Valerian and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's kind of lighthearted. But at the same time, it's also badass. Like it's it's really really well done. Um, I'm not quite done with the arc yet. I'm still reading his run, but man, am I enjoying it. It's a good time. See, I'm gonna have to read it now. Now you got me all curious. There's like a bajillion. Really good. It's, it's like yeah. you get an Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. You get an yeah. Infinity. I mean, it's crazy. They they don't explain how they got it. At least not yet. Anyway, where I'm at, they don't explain mm-hmm. how they have them, but they all got it. Yeah, that's cool. You'll, Speaking uh, of Infinity Gauntlets and everybody having one, did you guys now kind of backing up? I know you just jumped in, Rusty. We've been talking about some of the best things in 2016. Did you guys see that came out this year? The Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, oven mitt. Yeah, they had to recall them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know they recalled them. They were catching on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? It's like, no, I paid sixty bucks for this. It's it melted. Defeats the fire. whole purpose of an un- oven mitt. <laughs> it does. It's like, oh my god! But it, you got to admit, though, it looked cool. It looked really yeah. cool. But I, I guarantee you, though, you know, if you can find one on eBay, pick it up because that thing, in you know, a couple of years, is going to be some money. It's, it's hard for me to imagine that after so many years of oven mitts being made, that an oven mate would set on fire. Like it's it's like a Galaxy Note Seven, the phone I can understand setting on fire. Like technology is always iffy, but <laughs> yes. an oven mitt like that should be mastered by now. You would think. You would think. It must. It must be. Because, I'm assuming the gold paint or whatever that's on it. Ugh. I guess so. I guess they probably just didn't have the right Infinity Stones in the or, way, proper yeah. order. It was yeah. in the wrong order, yeah. <laughs> oh, Malfunctioned. Yes, yes. But yeah, a lot of cool stuff this last year in the comic book in the comic book industry. You know, the cons were great. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, yeah. poor, poor oven mitts. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, DC's Rebirth, which is of course mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had Marvel's uh, reboot, which wasn't so great. It was all right. Yeah. Well, you had Moon Knight. You had the new Jeff Lemire Moon Knight. I'll oh. I'll take that. That's been a lot of fun. I know. Red's I've gotten a fan, Thanos but... out of this too. You mm-hmm. did another Jeff Lemire yes. book. Yep, yeah. you did. And we got a lot of TV shows and movies, and even stuff announced this year. Oh yeah, uh, lots and lots of stuff announced. And that's one of the big things of the cons was all those announcements. I mean, look at all that the movies cool. and shows we got this year from just the mm-hmm. comic book world in general. Like, holy I mean, cow. We got, what, Outcast, uh, Preacher, 
Lucifer. Well, I guess Lucifer was mm-hmm. the prior years of season two. Um, but yeah, Preacher, Outcast, um, you, you had Doctor Strange, you had Suicide Squad, you had Civil War, um, Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, 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 Deadpool. Yeah, hello. I mean, X-Men, you had... Boxes, all right. And then we had the flop, Fantastic. Well, was that this year? No, that was last year. That was no, last no. year. Uh, yeah. There wasn't any Fantastic flop. flop. You had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, season four of uh, Shield. I mean, come the on. An- okay, you want to talk about that? The, well, that's actually been really good. But the announcement of uh, uh, Young Justice season three. Oh yeah, coming back. Yeah. And Mr. Inhumans. Greg Weisman. Yep. yep. Inhumans. Inhumans. Oh, we had the cancellation so of uh, Agent Carter this year. Yep. The Rock announcement Cage, for the cancellation season of two. Oh God, <laughs> Rusty. Yes, we're right. Oh, that still breaks my heart. Yep, announcing that inv- invincible sad day. Oh yeah, oh, yes. Rusty says so, sad okay. day like he's read it. Like, he's yeah, read like it. You I've read a part of it. <laughs> I've read five issues. Oh well, what's the point of reading it now if it's gonna end? <laughs> oh God. Because there's still 12 years worth of good reading in there, sir. (laughs) That's why. Oh, my God. Let's see. We've had Negan from Walking Dead. I mean, oh, my gosh. The season premiere of Walking Dead this year. Jeez, wheeze. I wasn't expecting two people to die. Come on. Poor guy. Yeah. Brains bashed in. Mm -hmm. At least he liked the comic. That was cool. Yeah. I was surprised at that. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And of course, the the popular uh, meme that went around this year of a pumpkin smashed on the ground, and that's uh, Glenn. <laughs> God, well, I saw that way too many times. Speaking of pumpkins, let's not forget about David S. Pumpkins this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the best. That was oh, actually David Pumpkins. Good. That was actually pretty good. Now, the, well, suit, on a- the suit's pretty killer too. <clears throat> Oh, I'm so excited I actually found it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was well done. Well, see, when I saw you in the suit, I hadn't seen the episode yet. Yeah. And so when you kept posting about David as Pumpkins and you were in the suit, I go, what the hell is he talking I thought it was like some original thing you came up with. So I was like, oh, okay, cool suit. Like, But no, and then I later on I saw the SNL skit, and I was like, oh. What's um, crazy, though, is that they pumped out a suit in the Halloween stores that soon after uh snl hit you know what i mean yeah like well, what, what like it was is days. he actually bought it from a halloween distributor yeah, oh is that what it was yeah what came yeah first? the 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 suit the was already made. Egg. <laughs> yeah nice. the suit was already made it was just something ridiculous it's just know. that nobody was buying it until exactly it came out and then it blew up yep someone's doing dishes yeah. <laughs> no, actually, speaking of oven mitts, I got mine out. I'm pulling out my cherry turnovers out of the oven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Skull's making his hot yeah. fudge sundaes and cherry That's turnovers. Right. That's right. Hot fudge. Because oh, you know man. what? A Red Skull just got to have his cherry turnovers. <laughs> Everyone's oh. always wondered what happens in between the panels. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Cherry now, turnovers, anyone? 
(laughs) (laughs) They're mine. Oh, mine, I say. Now, I got to say, one of the craziest things, though, that was announced in 2016 was Stan Lee announcing that he's not going to be doing conventions anymore. Yes. Which ended up being a lie. Didn't he do... Didn't he do like multiple conventions after that? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. This is this is the last year. We won't see no, him. No, he's gonna oh. be at. Uh, I believe it's C two E two next year. Eh, he said no. he's gonna do like his convention. Correct. Still. Which is his. And then con, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Comic Con. And then I think well, he yeah, said they... that he's gonna do these last few big ones, and then after yeah, his, he's, doing, he's not like... only doing his from now on. Yeah. Well, I mean, he yeah. is like 90-something years old. I don't blame him. He's um 94 yeah. in like three weeks. I don't I don't, yeah. I don't. blame him. Um, no, I can't either. I can't either. We just have to get him on the phone before, you know. But yeah, they actually <laughs> changed the name of his con. It's no longer Kamikaze. It's now, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's no longer Stan Lee's Kamika- Comic Kamikaze. It's something else now. It's Stan Lee presented by Verizon. Yeah, probably. No, I, I don't remember what the name of it was, but I just remember hearing that, and I was like, "Oh, they changed the they changed the name." I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, we talk about 2016. Let's dive into 2017. What are your some expectations this coming year, guys? Oh man. Oh man. So many. Yeah. No, I don't know. Um, maybe Justice League gets really good. <laughs> come on now no um i'm looking forward to a lot of the movies and stuff that are coming out um yeah. i'm pretty excited about that there's some guard new... of the galaxy yes yeah. there's some new yeah, comic absolutely. arcs that are coming out that we're really excited about i know and a lot of all the a lot of stuff. hard covers that are coming no. out yeah we could talk about that for quite a bit of time yeah, yeah, yeah Nova I mean, keeps there's... messaging me every day with new hard covers he's like check this out i was like god dang <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I really want to get myself that Sergeant Rock hardcover set. Mm, God. There's some really, really, really good stuff that's coming out. So any of you wealthy listeners out there who are just looking to give us a Christmas gift, think hardcover. (laughs) No shame. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good year, I think. I'm I'm, I'm positive. Yes, I agree. There is still a whole month left. The thing that... uh... I think we're looking to forward to the most, though, mm-hmm. in 2017 is uh, a, a con named after one of our own. The, yes, uh, the Red School <laughs> Con. Nope, not Red nope. School Con. Not the, 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 the Rusty con. con. Not the Tap no. Con. None other than Nova Con. Oh, because yeah. he got to name it after our, our, our famous Canadian. Yep. Of course. Yeah. No, in exactly all, in all realisticness, works. it's northern. It's northern Virginia, but <laughs> you know, Virginia. Way, <laughs> Who knows? Maybe way. Justin Bieber and Ed Murray will show up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, someone in between. We got we got we got a little bit of an invite to uh, to NovaCon for next July. Yes, and it's cool. We've got rooms booked and planes scheduled, and yep, lots yep. of stuff ready to roll. So all of you out there, want to go to NovaCon? We got we got. I've got a lot of guests going up, and the guest list still hasn't been finished. No, but they're um, going to have John Wesley ship. What? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm hello, pretty excited hello. about that one. I'll race him. <laughs> <laughs> what? You want to race? Let's do this. Yeah. Come on. Whoever wins gets to, keep the, gets to keep the bowl hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Well, he was the original Flash, so he was know. Barry yeah, Allen yeah. and Jay Garrick. Like he's been yes a couple different he's Flashes. Yes. He's been two out of the three. Yeah, that's the, and that's one thing we're gonna have to ask when we talk to him. Hey, when are you gonna be Wally, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. I'm I'm excited. He's uh I like John Wesley Ship quite a bit, so that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And then they got Kelly Who from the X Men. Cool. She Lady got cast cast from Stranger uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, I actually looked at that. It's not the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um the the teacher, the A V teacher, um <laughs> the sheriff lady and someone else, but I don't remember who. Yeah. But either way. Yeah, either way. Yeah, no, and who good, knows what who knows what else they're going to end up having. I mean, it's going to draw in a large crowd. It's going to be a big thing because that area is so neglected. Well, and another thing too, a little another fun fact uh, for everyone is more than likely Novacon is going to be the first time ever that the four guys will actually meet in person. In person. <laughs> Yes. It's so come on of... out. We will sign anything. We will bring out a piece of paper. Bring out your breasts. We don't care. We'll sign it. Oh, I don't know about no. all that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's going to get us all in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not no, it's his con. I mean, come that's, on. That's that's assuming the world doesn't completely shatter and end as soon as we all meet. <laughs> yeah, really. The sheer <laughs> awesomeness of everything. I see a lot of Jameson and pumpkin beer going around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, well, it'll be, Ju- it'll be July. It'll be out of season in pumpkin. Yeah, it'll be out of season. Oh, okay. We'll stock right. up now. Okay. We'll have yeah. to get some other stuff. But, uh, no, it is going to be fun, though. I'm looking I'm looking forward to I'm looking finally forward to hanging out with you yeah. guys in person, not just mm-hmm. be our virtual relationships with Skype and phone calls. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, though. I think it's going to be a really no. good time. Yeah, it will be cool. And like I say, all of you people, come on down to NovaCon. You know, it's going to be great fun. A lot of artists, writers, celebrities, us. <laughs> come on. What more could you ask for? Now I hear the I hear the bell that means interview coming up, Bell. Yes, it does. And who are we calling? Oh, Hell Hydra. I think we have Riley Brown. This is Tab with Four Guys in a Comic, and Nova, I know you like trade paperbacks, as do I. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes I, like, I'll pick something up and I know what I'm getting, uh, and it kind of takes away from the excitement. And, uh, you know, sometimes I need something outside the box, you know? Well, I am here to save the day, sir. Comic Bento. Are you familiar with it? Are you familiar with Comic Bento? I've heard whispers in the, in the legions of Olympus. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> Comic Bento is a blind box subscription service where every month they're going to send you four trade paperbacks from all different publishers. Everything from Marvel and DC all the way down to Blue Juice Comics, all right? You never know what you're going to get, and they make sure that each month is themed, much like all these other blind box services. Each one has a theme, as seen on TV, Superheroes Weekly, etc., etc. And you can only get yours for $20 a month. But if you click on this little link below, you are actually going to save yourself 15% off your first month's purchase. Now, I, I will say, I like to feel a little special sometimes. I heard that some of these blind boxes have, uh, have a special winner every month. 
That is true, my friend. You did your research. They have the Mega Bento box, where every month they give away the Mega Bento, which includes anywhere between four to five additional trades of much higher sought-after reads that everybody and their mother is going to want. So if you're curious as to what's out there, hit up our YouTube channel. I did an unboxing myself for the month of September. You can see what it's all about. And don't forget to subscribe. Use our link, because if you don't, you don't get the 15%. So use the link and save. All right, folks. It's that part of the podcast where we have a guest that we talk to and uh, maybe learn a thing or two from. Uh, this week, we've got a man who's not only dabbled in the uh, penning of comics, but the penciling as well. Uh, welcome, Riley Brown, to the show. Um, for people who don't know you, uh, maybe give them a little insight as to you know, what you've worked on and uh, how you came about to, I guess, creating cons- probably you know, Deadpool's best friend. Co-creating Deadpool's <laughs> best friend. Hell, hey. Cut off one head, two more shall take its place. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Um, doing well, glad to have you on. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, by bet Deadpool's best friend, I I take it you don't mean his wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That significant other. Well, you know, know these days. His other yeah. significant other. You mean yeah. the infamous Bob, agent of Hydra? Of yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's yeah he's always. <laughs> I love Bob. I'm telling you, I love Bob. I just yeah, he's he's a great like. Of all the random characters to take off, you know, um, but he's so much fun, and he's just like, like the character who's just happy to get picked on, you know, and mm-hmm. he's just happy to be included in anything, whether it's a terrorist organization or Deadpool, you know, treating him like crap, which, you know, is oh, <laughs> Deadpool. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Uh, you were asking how he came to be. Uh, I I mean. It was an idea Fabian Nicieza actually had like long before we actually put him in the comic. And I think the story he originally told me, it was a joke between him and Mark Grunewald about what would make the best cover logo. And it would just be like a big, like, like a short word with really big type. And then like a small, like a longer word with really small type under it, such as Bob, agent of Hydra. So that, so that was where the original uh, concept came from, and then um, he just snuck him into an issue of Deadpool, uh, and we had so much fun with him, we just kept him around, and he became one of the mainstays of the book. Um, and then he's one of the you know few supporting cast characters that keeps coming back, uh, no matter the new creative team. Everybody wants to you know, have a Bob story at some point. So it, so that's been kind of fun. And to the point that he actually showed up in the Deadpool movie. So, Oh my God. Yes. That was so awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you, how cool was it to have like one of your creations just uh, appear on the silver screen? It, that, that was pretty, it was totally unexpected. And I, I saw it. Did you jump out of your chair in the cinema when that happened? I, I, I didn't jump out so much. (laughs) I was kind of blown back. It was, it was kind of like, whoa, that's mine. Um, yeah, I was like, "That's my dude." That was like, "Was that? That was that was totally it." I'm not seeing. <laughs> oh, and I actually saw it with Fabian, who had already seen the movie, so he knew it was there, and he didn't tell me. So, oh, oh that's cool. Nice. Oh, that was cool. nice. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I've uh, actually been in contact with Rob Hader, who's the actor who plays him. His name is actually Robert. So that. <laughs> <laughs> 
my he's very natural. Yes. Um, and yeah, he's an awesome dude. He's a, he's a stunt man, and he's mm-hmm. you know uh, he's in a lot of TV shows, and he's pretty awesome. Um, Ooh, and see yeah, more of Robert. <laughs> I I have no idea. I don't know anything oh, about okay. any of the upcoming Deadpool stuff. I wish I did. Um, I mean, I if I had my way, he would just show up in every single Deadpool, <laughs> do that exact <laughs> yes. same thing every. Yes, time. like that's, you just that's all a, you need out of it. A Deadpool and Bob movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. I mean, it would be funny just to to have a, a random two second scene with him in every Marvel movie now, just like Stan Lee. Uh, yeah, that would be. I mean. I think they just need to hire the actor again, like to play, like to be in the Agents of Shield thing, just as like a background guy, and you'll know. It's like, oh, that's Bob. He's a Hydra guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. Okay, so, uh, so in the Deadpool movie, did you guys notice where they were fighting that last yeah. battle? Uh, the yeah. the helo carrier that was down. It was a yeah, it was a helicarrier, yeah. and uh, and so like, who were Francis's henchmen? They must have been Hydra guys, because yeah. in the because in the um, Avengers movie that just or the Captain America movie, they revealed that mm-hmm. Hydra was actually the ones uh, that were in charge of the Helicarrier. So he really was a Hydra agent, even though they couldn't say Hydra in yeah. the Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like they're like they uh, I saw an interview where he said that he was actually trying to make a subtle connection there for any you know to try to draw <laughs> the two universes closer together, which I thought yeah. was pretty pretty awesome. I think any of the fans that saw it knew the minute you saw Deadpool go, Bob! I think everybody's kind of like, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! I know I did. I, did. I was like, y'all, thank you. Thank you. Well, it, it was some, it was something in the theater. Like, you know, a bunch of people were like, started cracking up laughing, and then you hear a bunch of people like, wait, what? Like, who am I missing? <laughs> yeah. like, well, you're my fan. You're right. my fan. You. Yeah, exactly. I like you. You go away. <laughs> oh, that's oh, funny. That's too cool. Mm. So, aside from you know co-creating bob you've actually done a lot of work yes um, not just on deadpool you've also done uh well currently you're doing uh you're working on slapstick uh with fred van lenty which i gotta say i absolutely 100 percent love slapstick every time a new issue there's only two issues out right now but every time a new issue drops i get so excited to read it uh because it's so different than anything else that's out there right now well, that's the goal, you know. Try to make a name for ourselves. Try to make a, make a name for the um, for the character and make him stand out. Like, I mean, I that's that's one of my pet peeves when working on comics. I really I don't like being on a comic that uh, is indistinguishable from other things. I like to be on a story that is a unique story. Like, so for instance, when I worked on the Hercules book, we did this one fight scene where it's Hercules versus Thor, but it wasn't just any old Hercules versus Thor fight. Hercules was dressed as Thor, and Thor was dressed as Hercules. And this was, <laughs> and this was before it was cool for superheroes to dress up as each other. So it really kind of stood out, and a lot of fans really loved it. And so it's kind of like it's not just another, you know, uh, it's like I love um, uh, Dan Slott and uh, Ryan Stegman's Superior Spider-Man things. It's that's not just another Dr. Octopus for Spider-Man storyline. It's like a very specific, especially unique and awesome one. And so I like to be on stories like that. So if I'm working on a series like Slapstick, uh, I don't want it to just be another, like just another superhero book or another mercenary book. Or, you know, I want it to stand out on its own and have its own voice and do things in that book that just wouldn't make any sense in a different book. Um, and 
So we're really going out there and doing crazy stuff that, you know, it's the type of crazy that we couldn't even do in Deadpool. Um, so that's that's a lot of fun. That's one of the fun parts of working on that. So with Slapstick, I guess my, my one question is, is it's it doesn't read, because it's a digital comic, so it doesn't read like, like a normal comic would. Each panel, as you, like, quote-unquote turn the page, a new picture just yeah. kind of pops up on top of one another. Does that make it easier or harder to to do, like, the art and stuff for? Um. It, I, I mean, well, at this point, I've done so many comics like that. It's not any, it's easier or harder. It's just another, it's different. Gotcha. Uh, I kind of have to work on, you know, use different, um, use different gears in my head to, uh, to, to do it right. But it's, you know, it's fun. I enjoy the challenge. Um, and it's great. Uh, on this one, I'm, I'm co-writing it with Fred and I'm doing the storyboards that, um, Another artist, Diego Orleteg, I have no idea how to say his name. He he actually recorded his name and sent it to me so that I could say it properly in interviews. And so I'll try not to mess it up. <laughs> I think it's Orletegi. Orletegi? I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> he he's an amazing artist. And like as you've seen in the book, he's so great at like nailing other art styles. Um, because like you know, if you read the story, Slapstick is fighting other characters are kind of knockoffs of different genres of cartoons. Mm -hmm. So Diego really has to stretch his artistic talents to make, uh, make a character look like a Hanna-Barbera character or look like a Smurf or look like, um, whoever it is. And he's totally nailing it. And it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he has to make slapstick look like a 2d character in a 3d world. Cause (laughs) it's 2d test. It's crazy. But yeah, I mean, you can tell the difference between slapstick and, you know, Spider-Man when he shows up in the first uh, infinite comic. Yeah. Um, There's a distinct difference between them. Yeah. That's uh, Diego. And also Jim Campbell, the colorist are both like really going all out to make sure that that works. Um, And we, and when we were first starting, we went, through that a few times to you know like we tried a few different things to see what would get the best effect and uh what they came up with is perfect you know um and, and so yeah you should be able to tell immediately okay these guys are cartoons and these guys are you know real or as real as the marvel universe gets um it's, yeah it's a lot of fun yeah it's a it's a great title and it's only two issues out currently correct two issues and actually uh to uh this wednesday the first issue comes out in print too so um oh, very cool you know yeah so for anyone who doesn't have a comicsology account or was just waiting for a paper version it's coming out this wednesday and uh you can check it out then well be sure to grab it because it's it's hysterical i absolutely love it it like i yep. said it's the one thing that's different from everything else and i get very excited when it comes out because mm-hmm. most of the time i read kind of like darker to tone stuff so it's kind of nice yeah. to have just like a fun silly book to read and and slapstick's one i always look forward to we get a little dark every now and then too or at least <laughs> i mean we play it with a smile but slapstick yes. definitely does ruin people's lives yes yes no he's and maybe that's why i love it so much is because there is that sense of darkness to him but it's a little twisted yeah yeah it's it's a fun title i'm enjoying it Oh, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, me and Fred actually just last night met up to discuss issue five and figure out uh, issue five and six and figure out how we're going to wrap up this first story arc. And it's mm-hmm. fun. Like we're like I, I, that's always like one of my favorite parts of the month is meeting up with Fred to talk about the next issue because we just crack up like it, it's just an evening of busting each other's balls, coming up with goofy jokes, and just laughing our asses off. 
So this will be a lot of fun. So this is going to be like an ongoing. This isn't just like a short six-issue run. Like this is going to be a, a straight ongoing. That's, uh, that's the plan. Awesome. That's, Good. That's awesome cool. news. I mean, you know, a lot of these things always uh, depend on sales. I mean, well, but, you yeah. know, so far there, I I have no control over that, and I don't know anything about that. I, so far, uh, as far as I know, it's going well, and they haven't told us to stop. I just, I, and I only say this because I'm always skeptical. You know, I I'm still like I still don't believe that like any time I work on a comic, I don't believe it's actually going to come out. Till it's all till I see it on the stands, and I know that mm-hmm. they can't take it back. So I'm always get a little bit skeptical about, um, you know, how how long they're going to let us get away with this. But uh, yeah, but it's, it's supposed to be an ongoing. So hopefully awesome. we can go on and on yeah. and on. Cool. So all you listeners out there, get it in your pull box. Yes, yeah, definitely. Please. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Now I wanted to ask, how do you arrive at slapstick? Was that something you wanted to do, or was it a Marvel sort of saying, hey, you know, we got this character, we want to use him? It was uh, it was a totally random phone call. I think I was working on an issue of Spider-Man Deadpool at the time, and uh, Jordan White, the editor, calls me up, and he's like, "Hey," and I and I was pretty far behind on the deadline, so I thought he was just calling me to like nag me about that. And um, he's like, "So uh, we've got this new book, Slapstick, coming out, and uh, how would you like to?" how would you like to write it? And I was like, uh, wait, what? Like that's, it was so out of like, like, this was not, like, I thought he was going to yell at me and like, you know, tell me to hurry up drawing the things. Like, no, we want you to write this other thing. And I was like, uh, wait, slapstick. Like, okay. Like, and I didn't know, all I knew about slapstick was, um, from the Mercs for money. And back in the day when he was in the initiative, mm-hmm. uh, other than that, he was just a Marvel trading card that I had when I was 11. Um, and it turns out there really isn't like there's the Mercs for money, the initiative. And then he had a four issue miniseries in the nineties when I was 11. And so I was actually pretty caught up on the character and he always stood out to me, like among all the random characters of the initiative and the Mercs for money, he always looked to me like the most fun. He always seemed kind of more unique. So I was pretty psyched that, um, if they were going to give me a Mercs for money character, it was slapstick. And I was like, I, you know, I was like, I got to think about that for a second because I, I, it's not like I had a like my great slapstick epic that I've just been waiting to tell. Um, I was like, okay, I've got to let me think about that uh, and draw some more Spidey pool, and I'll get back to you because I think there could be something cool there. And then, you know, and then we came up with what we came up with with the um, uh, uh oh, and then you know they uh, you know I, I me and Fred are good friends, and they were like, well, okay, we're gonna team you up with Fred because he kind of. You know, I've never written anything on my own before, and I was very happy to work with Fred again. Um, and uh, yeah, and so we yeah we came up with the storyline that we did with the different types of tunes, and uh, I you know I knew I wanted to have that certain vibe of super cartoony, over the top um, violence. That you know, it, it's funny when Bugs Bunny drops an anvil on someone's head. But if you do that in the real world, it's fucking yeah. monstrous. So, <laughs> so I knew I wanted to include that and have slapstick just be like, ha ha ha, that was funny. But then like everyone else is just terrified. And in the first issue, when he teams up with Spider-Man, that you know, that's a their different points of view on crime fighting. I think um, really kind of uh, spell out the the thesis of slapstick and of this series. That's great. 
um, I do want to say you seem to be like one of the go-to drawing uh, mercs people. Because mm-hmm. not only <laughs> you've not only got Deadpool on your list, slapstick now, but you've also got Lobo back in. Uh, yeah, yep. I guess when too. they did the the Twilight Lobo, as people like to call him. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, I, I, Lo, if you ever said that to Lobo, he would kill you. So, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just oh, nice hair, uh, heads chopped off before you even finish. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice highlights in your hair, buddy. Um, but, I mean, I, I didn't design the character, but yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it was fun working with him. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, with the Lobo job, um, I mean, I think that. DC was like, hey, we've got, like, Marvel has this character that's a wise-cracking mercenary that is super violent. He seems to be a hit. We have a character like that. Let's get, you know, Colin Bunn, who's a Deadpool guy, and Riley Brown, who's a Deadpool guy, to see what they can do on this book. And so um, so that was, you know, it was kind of like, hey, do your Deadpool thing over here on Lobo. Uh, and, you know, that's more or less what we did. Even though they sort of killed the more Deadpool-esque yeah, I mean, they yeah they had a certain direction that they wanted to go with the book that um, wasn't exactly the way I I mean it's, I don't want to say it wasn't the way I wanted to do it because you know it you have your uh, you have your assignment and you do the best job you can um, I I mean I don't know I wish we could have had more humor they they wanted to keep it more of an action series which is fair enough um, but yeah but it was still a lot of fun and I still think that you know I, I tried to. There's still a certain humor in just the ridiculousness of how, you know, like Lobo just took himself super seriously, but he still was, you know, that that amount of super violence and griminess is still kind of funny in, a, yeah. in its own way. Well, now there's, um, and the rebirth for the new uh, Steve Orlando uh, JLA, they're supposed to be bringing back uh, the original Lobo. Oh, yeah, I'm psyched about that. Which um, which is really cool. I'm just wondering how they're going to do it, because you guys killed him off. I mean, I, I know he I can mean, regenerate, but so I was like, is that what yeah. he's going to do? Because you guys, like, killed him off in the first issue where and said he was the fake Lobo with the... Re- you know what I mean? So I know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what their plans are for this. I, um, I mean, I know that while I was working... I mean, I when I was a kid, Lobo was huge. He was one of my favorite DC characters. So I love just those first three pages of the series where I got to draw the original guy. And I always had ideas of different ways we could bring the original guy back. Um, so there, oh, okay, yeah, cool. there's, there's a million ways <laughs> to do it. <laughs> there's a million ways to do yeah. it. And if you want to do it, you're going to do it. So I, you know, it's not, who knows? I, I don't know what their story is. Fair enough. Um, I hope I do. I have to say though, I hope that they also bring back uh, the twilight Lobo at some point, just if for no other so reason than, yeah, if for no other reason than just to um, have the original Lobo get some revenge on him, uh, I yeah. think that would be fun. But, but uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what the plan is? Who knows what the pitch is? Yeah, that'd make a lot of people happy. <laughs> um, I did hey, man, wanna... I'd be happy to draw it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to ask really quick because it's something I've noticed. I know I've been hogging the mic for the most part in terms of the four of us here. Um are you, I guess, sort of the consultant now whenever it comes to Infinite Comics? Because I've noticed you're sort of the storyboards guy whenever there is an Infinite Comic uh, done um, with Marvel. I Well, not all of them, but I've certainly done my share. Um, they just really like the way that I tell a story with the, with the digital canvas. Um, 
uh, you know, at this point, I just have more experience than anybody else. I was doing it before anyone was doing it. Like, I uh, had a creator-owned series, Power Play, that I put out on Comixology before Marvel started doing this type of comic book. So I kind of got in on the ground floor with that. And, um, and it's one of those things that, at first, they were just like, okay, yeah, anyone can just go ahead and do it. But they kind of learned, like, oh, wait, a lot of people don't quite get how the Comixology thing works. And then they realize, like, okay, we sort of need to have somebody just doing storyboards, someone who does get just how the storytelling works mm-hmm. to do the storyboards. And then, you know, we could have someone else finish it depending on what the time uh, constraints are. And so, yeah, this year I've done um, a whole bunch of series, like, where I just did storyboards and had other people finish it. Like, I did a Punisher Deadpool or Punisher Daredevil series earlier this year. Uh, and then I did. Um, Deadpool too soon that I think is actually just coming out in print right now mm-hmm. uh, and now slapstick um, and it, yeah it's cool it's a fun way to work on a whole bunch of books at the same time without having to spend uh, you know it'd be impossible for me to draw all those series in a single year yeah, any other yeah. way so it's cool to be yeah. a part of it like that very cool now you've done so much work now i mean you're starting to get i feel like you're really starting to like take off you see your name more and more and more and more now um is there a character that you're just waiting to be handed um i uh i don't know um i mean i'm super happy working on deadpool stuff i i guess x-men i love the x-men when i was a kid they were my favorite comic book um that's really what got me into marvel and they're the only characters that i haven't at least had a shot to draw. I mean, you know, I've drawn them a little bit, but uh, I would love to, you know, um, I'd love to do something with them. I'd love to do a Cyclops story. I think that, you know, him as a tactician, like just outsmarting people would be the most fun story to do. Um, that would be a tough one to do now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Unless it's you just, know, you know. Oh, he's only as dead as Lobo past. is. That's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is true. It is the X-Men after all. I mean, we are about to have this whole resurrection thing, so... Yeah, I yeah. That's. I was talking to Mark Panicia. I was like, so how dead is everybody? Like, are they coming back? And you know, he wouldn't tell me. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'd love to do something with those guys. Uh, um, it's, you know, Spider-Man. I always like doing Spider-Man stuff. Uh, I I worked on some amazing Spider-Man, but they were like, the only issues in the past like eight years that Dan Slott didn't write. And I'm mm. a friend of Dan Slott's and I <laughs> love his comics. I think he's doing such an awesome job. I'd love to work with him on Spider-Man, just be part of his epic run. Um, so, you know, that's out there, but uh, I don't know. I mean, other than that, it's just, I, I like, like I said before, I like working on things that are unique. I look like working on things that stand out. Um, I'd hate to do just another, you know, Iron Man fights, you know, the Mandarin fight. I'd want to do something, if it's a storyline that's specific enough to the character and, like, I feel like really adds something to the character's history, um, then that's that's the kind of story I want to work on. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So I got to ask you, you know, I'm a, I, I love cover art. I, I, I just right. love it. And I know you've done quite a few um, covers, and I actually I own quite a few of your covers. And I was just wondering, oh really? Particular, sure. Yeah, I was just wondering if there's any particular cover that you did that you're just really proud of. One thing that you just like, oh, that's it, I nailed it. Um, there, well, there's one thing that 
actually I just finished this week and it hasn't been announced yet. Although I expect it's going to be announced in this upcoming week. Uh, let's see, I, I really love the covers I did for um, uh, for the uh, Mrs. Deadpool series with all the Howling Commandos and stuff. I yes, I have that, those. Yes, uh, those were a lot of fun. And then also the Gauntlet ones I really liked. Um, especially, I think the last one I did. Well. I don't know, a lot of those were fun. Like, there's the one with uh, Deadpool and Shiklin and, the, and the, uh, the zebra. That one was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and there's the one with the uh, uh, the Muppet vampire, or, like, the, the sleazy hobo Times Square Muppet vampires. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Um, I don't know. That, that series was a lot of fun to do covers yeah. for. I will say, I also like your Darth Vader cover. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks yeah. a lot. No, oh, yeah, that... Really nice. Yeah, that one was cool, and then um, that uh, oh that that's tough. I'm I'm not that good at doing likenesses, so I had to redraw the uh, like Han and Luke and everybody um, a couple of times before they would accept <laughs> it. <laughs> I could get Darth Vader, and I got the droids. They all looked great, but the mm-hmm. um, uh, but the guys that looked like actors, like it took me a couple of times to really <laughs> nail it. Um, and then I also there was a cover I really liked that I did that was an X Men cover, but it was for like the Age of Apocalypse or something like that, and it was kind of like take this group of X Men, but then redesign their costumes as if they were Apocalypse Horsemen, and I had a lot of fun with that, and I just you know I really kind of probably worked harder than I was supposed to to come up with really cool costumes. Like most people just had the same costumes, but like had like a little glowy trim to them or something like that. But I really kind of like thought it out and said, okay, wait, what's like, like what were the four horsemen originally? How does that correspond with these characters and their powers and stuff? And so I was really happy with how that one turned out. (laughs) Is that the cover with, uh, it's like moon Knight and Colossus. No, it's, Uh. um, it, I mean, that was one of part of that line. Uh, this was magic and, um, Jean Grey, like young Jean Grey, Ooh, Nightcrawler, cool. and Storm. That was cool. I'm going to have to look over it. I have all yeah. those. I need to make, I want to see which one. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know we talked about some of the covers that you did. I was wondering about some of the panels. Have there been some panels that you've done that just like, uh-huh. that you're just really, really proud of? Um. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like any, any really good story <laughs> moment, you know, you get psyched about, um, I mean, the one that, when people say that, like the one I, the one I assume you're thinking of, uh, it when you bring that up is, uh, did, did you read my Hercules run at all? I admit I did not. I have. Not. Oh, okay. Well, there's in that Hercules versus Thor fight that I mentioned before. There's this one panel where, um, where Hercules gives Thor a purple nurple, and I was very <laughs> proud of that. <laughs> I gotta look for that one. Oh my gosh! Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, that that one was because it wasn't even in the script. It was just like Hercules is fighting dirty, and it <laughs> yeah, it was part of this double page spread that had a bunch of panels. And I was oh, like, God. you know, I was pressed for time on a deadline. I was like, okay, I just I don't like this. And it was like the main panel. I was like, I need something really good to put here, but I don't know what it's gonna be. So I was like, okay, I gotta get started. I'll draw just draw the other panels first. And then when I got to it, I was like. Oh, there it is, because Thor was dressed as Hercules, so he didn't have a shirt on. And I drew the panel right before it, where he comes rushing at um, Hercules with his, or Thorcules, uh, with his like hand over his head. And I was like, oh, there are those nipples. 
They're getting pinched. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Oh my gosh, yes, that is awesome. I, pull, I pulled it up too. That is awesome. That yeah, that's that's you know that's one of my most proud. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it got and it got great. past the editors. <laughs> that's the important part, right? I, I was worried that it went. Not only did it get past them, but um, the letter doubled down doubled down on it, and he made the sound effect nerp in a purple font. Yep. Yes, yep. hilarious. Purple nerp. <laughs> oh my awesome. god, that expression on his face. Oh, that is classic. Oh, so I go back uh, and read that series. That looks like yes. Fun. That was a good one. Um, uh, in the recent Spidey Pool issue, I did. There was a bunch of panels with Spider Man. Yeah, you know, Spider Man's always fun to draw, and I feel like I. But it's always a trick trying to come up with a cool pose for him. Like, okay, mm-hmm. what's a pose that I haven't seen a million times with Spider-Man? And I feel like I came up with some pretty cool poses uh, for some of the panels for that, and that was a lot of fun. I just love uh, how you said, "There's those nipples." We're gonna. <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> then is that that is that Hercules giving Thor a wedgie? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Uh... I love it. <laughs> Oh wow, that is just too cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and read that series for sure. <laughs> Labeled under the dirtiest fight in fiction. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I gotta read that right. now. I'm downloading that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the Thorcules or the replacement Thor story arc. Um, uh huh. And yeah, it was it, it was pretty much uh, Hercules teaching Thor how to fight dirty, and then because they were dressed as each other. Like, I think in the end, Thor wins, but because Hercules is dressed as Thor, he has to proclaim how great uh, Hercules is. Cause, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, you mentioned uh, your creator-owned series, Power Play. Um, yep. For the people that don't know, there is a free issue number zero on Comixology, but, you know, for people who haven't heard of it as they're listening to this, um, you want to give them a rundown of what that is? Yeah, uh, Power Play is a series that um, me and my buddy, Kirk Christensen, worked on a few years ago. Um, and it's about a bunch of kids that get superpowers, but instead of instead of trying to take over the world or fight crime, um, uh, as is would be a logical move for a teenager to do, they start an extreme sports league. And so it's a lot of fun coming up with a bunch of characters. All the characters are kind of like mascots or caricatures of uh, different um, neighborhoods in New York or different like scenes in you know New York or Brooklyn or whatever different types of people you run across and so there's a lot of in jokes there but um, but it's uh, but you know it's just fun it's just fun coming up with as many goofy zany powers as we could and then you put them in a situation that's not the usual superhero crime fighting situation so uh, so it's like at the end of the storyline it's not like for a superhero storyline at the end of the story, one guy has to go to jail or, you know, the other guy has to die or take over the world or something like that. But when it's a sports thing, you could have two guys that are best friends, but they still have to fight each other. And in the end, only one guy gets to win. Or you have two guys that hate each other and um, they either have to team up or you get to see them go head to head. But then they come back the next time anyway, because it's just the next match. So you know you never get rid of anybody forever. So it's it's a fun it's a fun way to use superpowers that isn't done very often anywhere else. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and yeah, some of the characters are um, like I said, they're based on areas of 
uh, New York that um, but it kind of came about because me and Kurt were both sharing a studio at the time and we were talking about how in comic books even though so many of them take place in New York City not many of them really feel like New York City they just kind of feel like a generic um, a generic city background and but if you actually walk around in the streets there's so many like cool things that come to that you notice like oh that would be cool in a superhero fight or like you know just just the architecture types of buildings like construction equipment and stuff that you see lying around and um so you know part of the idea was to actually go out to these neighborhoods and walk around and kind of plot the storyline out while we're on site and take photo reference and stuff to actually make it feel authentic and like new york uh and that was a lot of fun yeah i'm really I'm I'm interested to check it out now. It's you you mentioned it's sort of created for you know digital reading, um, yep. And it's I, I flipped through issue zero and it is it's different from what I guess Marvel and DC are doing now, where it's just sort of I guess they just take the print and it sort of zooms to the panels. Um, this sort of it almost has this. It's hard to describe like this flow from you know one panel to the other that yeah. isn't the same as reading you know a print book that just sort of zooms in on text right well we we did it like right when comiXology came out like we i met the guys that started comiXology at um san diego comic-con earlier that year or maybe the year before uh and but this was right when they first launched their app and i was like and at the time there was a whole bunch of comics apps that were kind of trying to do the same thing and i you know i met all of them um, but the Comixology guys, I said, you guys are the only ones that really get it. Everyone else is trying to like, you know, they'll have like a little page turn animation or something like right. that. And I'm like, that's not like, you know, you, we're not trying to recreate paper here. We're trying to use what we're trying to use the digital format to do something that print can't do. And they were the only ones that really were doing a good job of that by just zooming in and panning from one panel to the next. And, um, so I was looking at some of the comics they had, and I was like, you know, you're kind of doing some cool things here just sort of by accident, by, you know, like what's essential just to do the basic thing you're trying to do. Um, but if I tried to do some of this stuff on purpose, I bet I could do a really cool comic book. And so that's kind of what PowerPlay was. It was sort of my proof of concept of how to do a comic book like this. Um, and then, you know, uh, I showed it to Marvel and, you know, they, they loved it like that. That's kind of between me doing that. And then Mark Wade also had his thrill bent thing, um, a little bit after that, that kind of, that's sort of what led to Marvel's infinite comics. Very cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, kind of, I want to jump real quick into uh comics experience. Maybe you can talk a little oh, yeah. about that for us. Um, comics experience is this online, uh, bunch of courses, that um I don't know, would you call it an online school yeah i guess it sounds that way yeah yeah it's kind of like an online school um where uh, it was started by andy schmidt who was an editor at marvel for years uh and then he's worked at idw and hasbro and a bunch of other um really big awesome companies so he knows all about the industry and uh but he and so yeah and he knows a lot of professionals and has a lot of professional contacts so he gets um guys like me uh other you know professional artists writers colorists editors whoever to teach courses uh on to teach online courses at 
um, comics experience. And right now, what, I'm not actually teaching a course, but they have a very active message board where people post uh, their artwork and their writing and stuff like that. Um, and it's all it's all private. Like you, it's actually like part. Like I think if you take the class, you uh, you can be part of the message board while you're on the class. Or if you want, you can just pay to be part of the uh, creator workshop, which is what the message board is called. Um, and I'm actually on staff there to critique uh, artwork, to give you know a professional critique to the people's artwork that they post, and also just share my point of view and my experiences. Um, like we talk a lot about the business of the industry and getting some really good conversations about things like that there. Um, and yeah, it's a really cool community, and like uh, there's been a bunch of uh, people have come out of there to become professional creators, and it's been kind of cool to watch these guys come up. That's cool. And also, right now, like Colin Bunn and Fred Vinlente are also um, are also like on the message boards and stuff, uh, giving critiques. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, who else? Chris Sotomayor's there, uh, and then they have other guys that just kind of will come in and like for you know, a month or two. Um, and then, you know, they kind of rotate them out. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool little online community. It's very supportive. You know, you learn, like I learn a lot from talking to other guys and it's really, it's a, it's a great uh, resource for people. Yeah. I was looking at it. It's like, it's a pretty good deal. And then it's like uh, $30 a month or 150 for six months, which is a pretty good deal. If you think about it, it you get the it, critiques from the people in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally, um, yeah, I uh, I actually wasn't sure what the price was. That's <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I thought it was more. That's it's uh, yeah, it's it's really great, and it's just such a good community. It's so supportive, and like you wouldn't be able to show up on there and not learn something, not pick something up. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, as long as you engage, like you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I love it there. I'm I'm there all the time. I probably have like. I've been there for, I guess, two years at this point. I think I have more posts than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever critiqued one person? You're like, uh, you know what? You really need your money back. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, uh, I don't think anybody's beyond learning. I mean, that's, oh, that's if, cool. they're, if they're, I mean, I guess the only people actually who I would say that to would be if they were so good, I was like, well, why are you even bothering to take courses? Yeah. I don't even, yeah. I mean, I don't even know who would be that good, like, some, you know, a lot of times the guys who you think aren't, you know, aren't maybe aren't learning, getting enough from the class, or you just have to find a new way of explaining to them. Uh, I, I, for some reason, I feel like I've always been really good at giving people critiques, and like particularly, kind of like when, when I give someone a critique, I try to put myself in their shoes, and because I've done it, whatever they're doing, I've done it. Um, I've been there, and on most in most cases come out the other side so i kind of know what they're thinking what they're trying to do and uh so i try to tap into that like okay like let's see what this guy's doing who's he kind of draw like who these are probably some of his influences this is probably what he's trying to do and um and then from that point say okay here's what's working here's what's not working and here's what your next step is those are always the three things i try to include in a critique and uh you know, usually it leads to improvement. You know, at least over time, um, as long as as long as they keep drawing. The, the only the only people the people who are the hardest to teach anything to are the guys that don't do the assignments, the guys that uh, aren't drawing that much. Because 
Yeah, and I see this at conventions all the time too, where you you know you see the same guy every year, but every year like he just brings the same samples. It's like, guy, come on, man! Like you're not gonna improve if you're not drawing new stuff. Or they only have like five new pages every year. It's like, if it took you twelve months to draw five pages, like you're just not gonna learn fast enough. So, um, yeah, that's why they that you know the the most cliched advice any artist can give is just keep drawing right and but that's totally true because no matter what you draw you learn something new and i still every time i draw something i've learned something new even if what you're learning is okay well we're not doing that again um but you you know that's just how you improve well there you there you go listeners you got a free sample (laughs) (laughs) before you dip the wisdom of riley brown (laughs) exactly Now we've been we've been talking about a lot of the work you've done. I was just wondering if you maybe want to take it back a little bit and talk about how you got into the industry. Um, you know what what influenced you as you were sort of doing what you said, just drawing and drawing over and over again until something worked out. Um, yeah, I mean, I I always loved drawing. Like back since I was a little kid, um, like I always loved drawing and drawing characters and stuff like that. Uh, and so even when I was a little. When I was little, I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't know what kind of artist I wanted to be until I was about 10 or 11 years old. I was at a friend's birthday party, and they gave out um, comic books, like Marvel comics, as uh, as like a party favor. And once I saw that, I was like, oh, that's it. That's what I want to do because, uh, yeah, they were drawing all the cool stuff. Because like, before that, I think of artists, I think of like guys like Picasso who were just drawing, like painting really weird stuff or people just drawing landscapes or whatever, which I thought was really boring. And, you know, because I was a kid, I like I wanted to draw mutants and robots and cool stuff like that. And so then, once I saw a Marvel thing, I was like, "Oh, that's it. That's what I've been looking for." And so then it was just after that, you know, I I went to, you know, I just kept drawing, and I had more of a goal now. And then I eventually went to art school at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, and um, studied illustration there, uh, and. After that, met up with a bunch of, you know, just posted my stuff online. Um, I met a lot of artists that way. And eventually I met guys like Koi Fom and Chris Burnham and a bunch of these other guys. And we got along really well. And we formed 10 Ton Studios, um, which we had our own message board. And just, you know, we'd share artwork and stuff with each other and critique each other and go to conventions with each other. And then we all kind of came up together and one by one, just got picked up by Marvel or DC or Image or whoever it was. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just, we were able to help each other out and we all got to where we are now. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's cool to look back on where we all were when we started and be like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, there was, like, there was a point a couple of years ago where it was like, uh, I think I was drawing Spider-Man, Koi was drawing X-Men, um, Aaron Cooter was drawing Superman. Burnham was drawing Batman. And I was like, oh, wow, we really did it. Like, we, we all started off as <laughs> nobody great, together, yeah. all crashing in the same hotel room. But, you know, now we're like, like, we're, you know, it doesn't, like, we couldn't have hoped for more. This is pretty cool. Yeah. So when you were a kid, you know, 10, 11 years old, um, did you used to collect, like, the Marvel, uh, old, you know, universe trading cards and like oh absolutely the kidding me? and then you would like try to yeah. like, trace them or draw those cards or like the wizard comics and stuff like that did you ever yep that's <clears throat> um i uh i didn't have wizard when i was first starting out but i mean just 
uh, any Jim Lee drawing, I, you know, I didn't trace them, but I'd copy them. I'd try to figure out like, like, okay, you do this many cross hatches to draw, you know, Wolverine's hand or whatever. And I, now I realized, oh wait, that was just him scribbling. But to me, I was like, oh, okay, so that goes, you know, three to the left and then four up and down. That's how you do cross hatching. Okay. Um, and yeah, so you know that like Jim Lee was definitely my guy when I was a kid, uh, and Andy Kubert. Um, like I said, I was a huge X Men fan. Oh, very nice. Because honestly, I I did the same thing. Because I think we're about the same age, and and I did the same thing where I had you know all of the. I still have actually all my cards in a in a binder down here in my <laughs> man cave. Uh, <laughs> And I would do the same thing. I would sit there and try to like draw, you know, whatever I saw on the cards and whatnot. And unfortunately, my skill is nowhere near yours, nor will <laughs> would it ever be. I just didn't have the chops for it. But it was fun. And I remember that's how I started out. I remember just being like a 12-year-old kid, you know, 11-year-old kid, just sitting there drawing Marvel Universe cards. And so I was just curious if, you know, that's how you kind of got started and in that world, too. Yeah, pretty much. Um, those cards were awesome. Like, yes, like that, yes. Like there are things nowadays. I'll pick. I'll see some character and be like, "Oh, that's Zarathos. He's you know, uh, Ghost Rider's arc villain from this thing." I'm like, "How the hell do I know that? Yep. I've never read. <laughs> yep. I've never read a Ghost Rider comic in my life." And I realized, "Oh man, it was those cards. They totally indoctrinated me to every like." Like backstory in the Marvel universe, I know who everybody is because of those cards. Yes, um, <laughs> and I wonder if there's anything that's like that for kids today. Uh, maybe some like the video games that have like a million characters. Probably. Maybe kids learn, yeah, learn through that. But my, my, there's nothing like it. No, there's not. There's really not. My eight-year-old son is. Uh, he loves all the Lego games. So like any okay, character that he knows, he learns from the Lego games. Yeah, uh, but yeah, because yeah, yeah. like, I'll try showing them, you know, like some of the old trading cards, that, and it's still a mind boggle to me to this day why trading cards aren't a thing anymore. Like, I still think that people should collect trading cards. You know, come back with the Marvel <laughs> universe. Like, I well, love that's them. How, that's how we look... grew up, man. They made sense to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, you would like open it and you're like flipping through suspended animation cards, suspended animation card, you know, or whatever the yeah. case may be. And, you know, holograms, whatever it was, and. Well, those games was... are all digital now. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Marvel that's World of Heroes. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Collecting was a big thing back then, and, I, and it's not so much nowadays. Nowadays, it's more about like digital interaction. Like, yeah. I, I one of the things I and they might be doing with this with some of the Marvel stuff, but I always thought they should have like a Marvel Pokemon type thing that isn't really about. Um, it, it's just about putting all the characters out there for some kid to collect and just kind of it, it would just be a terrible terrible marketing tool to like to get a kid to like learn all about you know marvel the way that i learned about it i don't get to play but, with these no you just collect them and then you look at them <laughs> and you well, they kind of the did with someone well, they did have that with like marvel war of heroes you know, that was basically digital cards yeah. that you collect yeah. and you learned about the characters. And Don't. I could, I would be playing it and people would be like, who is this character? I'd be like doing the face palm plant. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Okay, <laughs> let's, let's, let's take a step back. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, but Marvel, <laughs> but that game only brought in a lot of more of the mainstream. Like you didn't get to learn about some of the random characters like. Uh, you know, like Strong Guy, for instance. Like, I remember yeah. getting yeah, oh, yeah. Strong Guy universe cards and things like that. Like, 
it, I wouldn't have any idea who Strong Guy really is. Well, maybe a little bit, but not like a huge recollection of him if it wasn't for those cards, you know. So that, right. and then the drop rates on that dang Marvel World of Heroes game was horrible. Okay, <laughs> so you did not did, get I the cards fine. you wanted half the time. <laughs> I did fine. We talked about. It's like five thousand dollars later. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, those were the days. Yeah, this, oh. There was a card set that came out. I want to say two years ago. I try to remember who put it out, but it was so expensive to buy a box of cards. It was like two hundred bucks. Was is that the thing where they're all like individually drawn, like hand drawn sketch cards? Like yeah, there was. There, it wasn't all individual, but there was like each pack would contain one. I think okay. Okay. And yeah, I think because I've seen I've seen lines that it's just all like uniquely hand drawn cards. Oh, and I'm yeah. just like, that's crazy. Like I, I like what are they paying these guys? Like why? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> what? Like either the either each pack costs like fifty bucks or yeah. you know they're only paying people like ten cents per drawing. Like what? I don't I don't know. I I don't really collect cards anymore, so I don't know. Yeah. That, well, that, okay. I just looked it up. Yeah, it was 2014 Marvel premiere. And okay. it was they only did 199 of each card. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, all just cards. It was a beautiful set, though. Beautiful. I had all these characters. It was like the great way to learn about people, but it was just too expensive. No kid could afford those cards. Well, but I think it's not for kids. I mean, if yeah, that's that was the meant price, for us, it's not kids. <laughs> yeah, because I don't. Because well, I don't. Aren't we think, all kids? Yeah, <laughs> um, but because I don't think kids are into collecting. I mean, I don't know. I. You know, maybe they want to collect digital, right? Well, they, or, I see kids or, playing magic. Like if it's well, not magic, I, it's yeah. That's what I was gonna say. If if it's gonna be a card for a kid, they want it to be a game associated with yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. and I know Marvel's tried a few of those, and I don't know if any of them have really like stood the test of time. Not, I had the mm-hmm. over God was over overpower. Is that what they was called back in like? I, was back, that the first one they did back yeah, in the day? Yeah, it was like, it was uh, yeah, like I, magic I with Marvel cards, and I think it's called like overpower. <laughs> And I had like the starter. De- I bought two starter decks so I could like, if a friend didn't want it, I could like have yep. a friend play with me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it. I think me and my brother tried off. that, and, and we yeah. yeah we just didn't understand it. I was like, yeah, so yeah, Magic is a better game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, then the, yeah. Then was it Upper Deck this year? You know, they put out their digital cards that you can get um, online, and they brought out their um, the Upper Deck Marvel series. It was fifteen dollars to buy a digital pack that had ten cards in it, and the cards were just—it was so cheap. It was just somebody took their phone camera and took a picture of an old Upper Deck Tops card. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, it wasn't even kidding? like the original files. It was no. Like, oh, it was just snapshot photos. It was like, oh my god, Upper Deck, come on, guys. That's embarrassing. Wow. I mean, you can even see the glare off the sleep protector on the car. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, upper deck. How far you've fallen? I yeah, it used to be like the prestige. Like, oh, you got upper deck. That's better than Don <laughs> Russ and Tops. That's upper deck. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was oh, the creme goodness. de la creme back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um. So, do you have any cons or anything coming up, uh, Riley? That you want to throw out there? Um, I'm, uh, I've got, I'm doing a signing at Comic Book Jones in Staten Island on, when's that, in two weeks, I think? Um, they're having a big, like, anniversary party for their comic store, so I'm gonna be there. Me and Amy Reader are gonna be signing, uh, and Fred's gonna be there, I think, earlier that weekend. Um, 
then in January, I'm on this comic book cruise. Uh, it's a, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's fan to see. It's a, it's a oh, cruise liner. Yes. It's a comic book convention for like yes. five days in the Gulf of Mexico. And it's going to be uh, brilliant. Um, and it sounds awesome. Like, like yeah. I'm psyched about it. Like Charles Soule's going to be there. Uh, Jerry Ooh, Duggan's uh, going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Frank Miller's going to be there. I don't know. Ooh, it's like, ooh. like Mark Brooks is going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Wow. It's like, yeah. Um, is that like a like, year, yearly thing? Like, can I save my vacation days next year for that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, this, is, this is the first time they're doing it. So if okay. it goes well and they do it again, then wow. yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Are you going to be doing uh, NovaCon in Northern Virginia next year? I don't know. I haven't really um, – I haven't set up a, a schedule for – um, for my con- or I haven't really gotten into my convention schedule yet for next year, I, mm-hmm. which I guess I probably should start thinking about. Uh, where where's Novacon? Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Yep. Okay. Um, when is it? You know, July twenty eighth <laughs> through the thirtieth. Yes. And if it's in July, it probably won't, just because that's when San Diego Comic Con is, and mm-hmm. like that takes month to get ready for and recover from. It's such a crazy scene. Yes. Um, but I will probably be doing uh, uh, there's a Virginia Beach Comic Con that I think is going to be in April maybe and uh, May Tidewater Comic Con. Uh, yep, that one. Yep. Um, I I believe I'm going to be doing that. Uh, right. Cool. And, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I just did one down in uh, uh, Ham- what, Hampton or somewhere in that in the Tidewater area. Yeah, Hampton Coliseum. Yeah, Hampton Coliseum. I just mm-hmm. did one down there. Um, those are cool guys. I, you know, yeah. uh, Mike, who runs those shows. Mike Federale. Yeah, yeah, he's an awesome guy. Uh, he puts on a great show. Like I, I always do really well there, and it, yeah, I really enjoy those those shows. So, so um, speaking of cons, we would be remiss to talk about your 2014 New York Comic Con. I some of those. <laughs> I saw some pictures of them there. Um, you had a marriage proposal. Oh yeah. The table. That was pretty that, exciting. That was pretty cool. I was looking at the photos, and they have a Hydra Bob in the background. <laughs> yeah, that, that was like he just happened to be there just at the same time, and it was pretty cool. And then he became friends with those guys. Really? Um, and then he was like, he was like in the wedding. I don't know if he was the best man, but he was one of the groomsmen in the wedding. So he became friends with them afterwards. It's pretty. Uh, I don't know. It was pretty fun. The Deadpool world brings people together, man. <laughs> yeah, it does. It yeah. does. Did you, did you get a wedding invite? Um, I did, but it was during San Diego Comic Con, so oh, I couldn't oh. go. I was like, "Sorry, yeah. I kind of have plans." But yeah. yeah, it was really, it was really fun. It was like, uh, so, so I was just the the Dracula's Gauntlet storyline had just come out in Deadpool, um, where Deadpool gets married to Shikla, and so this couple comes up and they were both dressed in costume and they, you know, talk telling me how much they loved the story and they were looking at some of the original artwork uh, from the book that I had um, sitting out there, and. Then the guy just as Deadpool, he reaches into his little Deadpool pouch and he pulls out a diamond ring. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I was like, is that for real? Like, is this like, <laughs> uh, is this happening? <laughs> yeah. And, and she, the girl didn't even notice at first because she was just kind of flipping through the artwork. And so I so he like so he has the ring. And I was like, is it like I didn't know if they were just acting out a scene from the comic. And he's like oh, this is the real thing. I was like, oh, and he gets down on his knee and holds it up to the girl, and she doesn't notice, and I'm just like, uh, Deadpool, what do you have there? And she turns around and just like, <laughs> is like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, 
okay, this is either like like because I'm thinking if I had proposed to my wife while dressed as Deadpool at a comedy, <laughs> it takes a special kind of couple. It takes a very special kind of couple. But she was so psyched, and um, it like it, it was beautiful. Really, it really was a beautiful moment. Um, and and also uh, just happened to be at my table at the time was a photographer from Vanity Fair. So oh. she took all these photos oh. of it and then later on contacted them to do an interview and they had a photo spread in Vanity Fair, like dressed in costume. Wow. And oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Talk about luck. Very yeah, she said yes. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's a cool story. Really cool story. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that was definitely a memorable convention moment for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, one last question for you. Do you, for those that maybe can't make it to a con that you're at or they're going to be at a con that you're not going to be at, do you do commissions any other way other than cons? Um, well, you can always get in touch with my art dealer, Anthony Snyder. Uh, he's got a website, Anthony Snyder's comic book art.com. And, um, I've got, you know, anytime I finish up uh, a project, I send him all my original artwork, and he sells it there. Oh, um, cool. And yeah, I don't, I can't do personal commissions outside of conventions because I just don't have the time. I've got to get the actual, you know, the actual comics drawn. Yeah, no, uh, but that makes sense. <laughs> but I've got the Anthony takes care of all my artwork, uh, and so that's always a good place to go if you want some originals from me. Perfect. Awesome. Well. Thank you very much for, oh, my for pleasure. coming on tonight and talking with us this last hour. It's been a blast having you on, and we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having taking the time. It's fun. Excelsior, we've made it through another week. Thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to the Four Guys in a Comic Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. You can also give us a call at our own hotline. That's right, like Batman, but much cooler, 682 682- Four two two six six four two. That's six eight two for a comic. You can give us a call. Tell us what you like, what you want to hear. You can even tell us what you want us to dress red up as for Christmas. Take care.